What is up, guys? This is May here on Catholic Curiosities, coming out with my third podcast now. And it's been a while since my last one, and I realized that, but it's awesome that I finally have the time to just sit down and reflect on what's been on my mind lately and being able to share that with you is really awesome to me so today we're going to be discussing on the whole concept of what holiness is and how does that apply to us and how it can apply to us knowing that it is possible for us to be holy now for those who follow my scripture seeker account or those I'm always in touch with. Um, you guys probably know that I've been raving about this book I just finished. and It's from Matthew Kelly. And it's his new book entitled The Biggest Lie in the History of Christianity. And I first picked up this book because... Well, first it was a free copy at a parish I was visiting. And the title just kind of grabbed my eye so eyes <laughs> so i i picked it up and i started reading and i loved how straight up it is i love how honest he was with everything he said and it really is one of those books that is in your face and calls you to go out there and really take this faith seriously and i really loved that and that's something I needed to hear. And now you're probably thinking, oh, what is the biggest lie in the history of Christianity? And sorry to spoil it, but I'll just share that. And so the biggest lie is that holiness is impossible. That this world has created this huge lie. And even Christians themselves have the mentality that holiness is just not within our lane it's not possible in this life and now this may be true for a lot of people and the idea of holiness is hard to believe because first of all holiness is a very daunting word when we hear the word holiness it's one of those words that we know and understand but would never use to describe ourselves and it's kind of like for a lot of us we may think that we're just almost there to describe ourselves as holy but just not we're not quite there so we can never describe ourselves as such and going off of that when we look at all the saints, when we look at St. JP2, when we look at St. Mother Teresa, we categorize these people as chosen people by God who were created and made for holiness. And meanwhile, people like us, we were like categorized in another place where we can't be like those people. But I'll get into that later. And also we have this mentality that especially in this day and age this world has strayed so far from the word holy 
that it's just really tough for us to kind of grasp the idea of this world even striving to be holy and when we look inwards we also think to ourselves oh my gosh we couldn't possibly be holy when we sin so much when we sin every single day and we always find ourselves back at the confessional either repeating the same sins that we have already been committing for so long or even find ourselves falling into new temptations and new sin so all of these factors and many more contribute to this lie of how holiness is impossible how it could never be something that we could describe ourselves as But same with Matthew Kelly and same with what I believe is that, brothers and sisters, I think we are created to be holy vessels, knowing that we are created in God's image and likeness. It is indeed possible to be holy. And you're probably wondering now, like, oh, May, like, what? could we do to be holy and like how could we combat such a huge lie such a daunting lie well by definition holiness is devotion and consecration to god and when you look deeper into the meaning of what holy is holiness is It's this concept of quote-unquote separation. And I just found this out. This is pretty cool to me. But we use the word holy to describe God because God is separate from sin. And knowing that the opposite of holy is sin, since God has never sinned, He is, in fact, holy. And that's what makes him such a good God. Because if God even sinned once, he wouldn't be God. Amen. Amen. And he wouldn't be so credible, right? But we know for sure that God can be a good model for us to be holy vessels. And... Matthew Kelly actually came up with this whole idea of how to combat this huge lie in our society that's and in our church that's so prevalent today. And he said the way we can combat this lie is through holy moments. Now, what holy moments are is that It's when we ourselves are being open and available to God. And you'd be surprised how many opportunities within a day that are possible to do this, to be open and available to God. 
Some good examples are maybe calling a friend that you haven't reached out to in a while or grabbing breakfast with someone that may be going through a hard time right now and they just need a listening ear or maybe it's driving your siblings to school because your parents are working and you have some free time stuff like that these are simple everyday moments where you can be open and available to god and i love this concept because it it makes holiness seem so easy to grasp something that is within our lane something that is attainable for us each and every single day and i think in general when we simplify complex topics of course it will make more sense to us and in turn it will be easier for us to go after it and think of it like this if you fall 49% of the time but get up 51% of the time then that's holiness think of yourself in the middle of a tug of war one side is sin one side is holiness and it's up to you where you want to get tugged because holiness is not about being 100% perfect all the time because look at the saints do you think any of the saints were perfect and holy 100% of the time no right so knowing that the saints were everyday humans just like us they were normal human beings created by God and for God same as us just know that we're on this equal playing field and it's up to us to see whether or not we want to get tugged towards sin or we want to get tugged toward holiness and this may be really hard for us to grasp this is easier said than done and what it really comes down to is just saying no to things that we know aren't good for us now that that's the toughest part about being holy i think cuz we can create holy moments like bam 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 so easily right but that won't really mean a thing if we ourselves are not trying to kind of have this sense of discipline and commitment to our faith by saying no to things that we know aren't good for us and i don't have to spell that out for you we already have an idea of what sins tug at us what tempts us 
what gives us pleasure but at the same time we know is not good for us saying no in general is very hard for us to do and when it comes to even our sin and our guilty pleasures that's even harder to say no to because we have already created these bad habits which are now so 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 hard to break trust me we all are on the same page on this one and we all probably have that one sin or those few sins that oh my gosh they always get us and we just don't know how to get out of that but god he's calling us to a life of commitment and discipline to him and by doing this we can have a better sense of respect for ourselves for god and to the people around us and by saying no that's just one step closer to being called to holiness and it's crazy how influential this lie of how this lie of holiness is impossible it has really been heartbreaking for me to see especially as a youth leader because recently we had a joining camp praise god for that and um i had the opportunity to talk about sin and how badly it hurts us but at the same time how okay it is to accept it and to keep going and growing from there but i don't know after giving that talk it just broke my heart a bit because i i know a lot of people are hurting out there and i know there's only so much we can do especially as leaders to kind of reach out to our kids and it's it's probably the idea that holiness is impossible that is holding them back from trying to change their ways because i bet a lot of people think that they're so far off that they can't come back to christ that they are not worthy of his love that they're not worthy in general period that they're not worthy of even being known by god and that's super heartbreaking to hear this lack of self-love this lack of knowing that it is possible to be holy this lack of hope for themselves to be better but i know and i am very confident that if we can be vessels to those who are hurting and if we can just 
try to fight this lie as much as we can to those around us, then I know that we can do some serious conversion to our community and to our own parish and to our own people that we have to adhere to. And I just want to end this off with a question for you guys to just kind of ponder on because when I came across this question in Matthew Kelly's book it got me thinking so hard so I'll share my answer after I I tell you the question but here's the question what's holding you back from making yourself 100% available to God. One more time, one more time. What's holding you back from making yourself 100% available to God? Chances are that thing that is holding you back is stopping you from your call to holiness. And personally for me, when I thought about this question, got me reflecting on my whole faith journey and my weaknesses and what has been holding me back and I think that thing is for me is that I have a lack of commitment and discipline to this faith I think that my biggest fear is not being worthy enough or not being enough. No, that's not me. My thing that's holding me back is this fear of what if I'm not doing enough? Because I could tell myself, oh my gosh, I've gone so far. I have come so far in this faith. I just don't need to do anything anymore. I'm good. I'm chilling. I'm in a good spot. Like I could tell myself that and that's a whole nother spiel on contentment and I am fully content in where I am but at the same time that could be pride in my head because if I keep telling myself that, that I'm, I'm good, like I don't need to keep going, then that could be holding me back from being 100% available to God. Because what if God is trying to tell me more? What if he's trying to let me know more about him, which I want? But if I say, no, I'm good, I'm in a good spot, then how am I going to grow? And that is where I find myself stuck 
not being committed and disciplined enough to learn more about this faith and I think that the best way for me to combat this is to fight the pride and to keep telling myself that no me there's so much more out there for you to know and learn and pray about and reflect on and journal on and have cpts on and to have more one-on-ones on like all these things like i could be doing more not to the point where i've stuffed my face and i can't, i choke on it like no not like that but a steady pace a steady pace to know more and to learn more about him and what this faith is all about I think that's what's been holding me back. So for you, brothers and sisters, just use this next week to really think about what's that thing, what is holding you back from making yourself 100% available to God? What's stopping you from being holy? I could go on and on and tell each and every single one of you of on how possible it is but really it's up to you to believe that I'm just here to be a guide I guess and even God too he could be telling you how possible it is to be holy Matthew Kelly could tell you how possible it is to be holy all these people could tell you things but what it really comes down to is you but brothers and sisters i hope and i pray that you believe in this truth Now I just want to end off this podcast. I've never done this before, but with a prayer. So let's put ourselves in the present. Let's remind ourselves of the presence of the Lord. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, God, for having the opportunity to allow me to speak my mind and to learn more about you and please guide me and my listeners towards a path of holiness to allow us to believe that it is possible to be holy that if we fall 49% of the time but get back up 51% of the time then God that's holiness if we allow holiness to tug at our shoulders, to tug at our sleeves more, and that's all we could ever want for our lives, God. Allow us to use holy moments, to experience more holy moments in our lives by being open and available to you, God, so we can attain holiness and Help us 
to say no more to the things that we know are not good for us so we can be holy and allow us to reach out to those and even to ourselves who may not believe that holiness is possible for them. Allow us to be vessels of your holiness for others to believe that it is possible for them to be holy vessels too. Holiness is a very daunting word, but again, God, I know we are all created to be saints and we are all created in your image and likeness. And I know that we are called to be in heaven with you one day, that when we get to heaven, you'll look at us and say, my son, my daughter, you are exactly where you need to be. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you guys so much for listening to another podcast on Catholic Curiosities. This is May signing off. Shooties! What's up, guys? This is May here on Catholic Curiosities. Now, I know it's been a big minute since I've done a podcast, but the reason why I haven't been is because for Lent, I gave up social media just because I think it was the best way for me to reconnect with God and Mary, and that's why I did it. So I haven't really been up to date with my whole scripture seeker account either. But just know that this Lenten journey has been very reflective for me. And I hope it has been doing the same for you. But today, I just wanted to talk about my whole experience the last 10 days. Going to the Philippines for the international conference for CFC youth for this year and and first of all I can't believe I'm back it's 2.30 a.m. so my sleeping schedule is kind of off but we'll get back to it but we're just gonna do a brief overview of all the God moments I had throughout my trip and all the fun things we did and as well as all the things that I've learned and how I can apply it to my life now, now that I'm back home, now I'm back in my own room, and just going back to reality. Of course it's hard, you know, you never want a trip like that to end, and yeah, it's hard, but at the same time, you know, similarly to any retreat, you have to go back to reality, back to your own respective places and do the best you can to be that light, that vessel to those who need it. Now, for me, I left Friday night on the, or Friday morning on the 29th and I got there around 11.10 p.m. the next day and it was a long flight and... As you would imagine, the food wasn't too great, so 
um, I was feeling quite sick, but once I got it out of my system, I think we were, we were chilling. Um, when I got to Manila, my cousin and her husband picked me up just so I wasn't lonely and they waited with me to catch my ride to the rest of my youth group. By the way, I traveled with my youth group from California, not Hawaii, even though that would have been cool to have like a whole immersion thing, but regardless, I I was super excited to see them again because I, it's been a while since we have all been together. I think the last time we were all together was Mission, which was last July, so that was a long time ago. But yeah, when I, when my driver came there at the airport, he drove me to where everyone was, and it was already like 1.30 around that time, and everyone was sleeping, but I went into the sister's room, and then I didn't want to wake anyone up because I, I would have felt bad, but um, I was just like, oh, hey guys, and they're just like super shocked to see me, but at the same time, super um, out of it because it was really late but really cool feeling to be back um, in their presence and to be with the people where this whole faith journey started so it, I was really excited to see what was in store for all of us <clears throat> so we got a few hours of sleep and then the next day we flew to Davao and our flight was really early it was like 6.50 so we had so we left around 3 a.m. to catch our flight and the crazy thing about this whole timeline is that I lost my phone and I distinctly remember having it at the check-in counter when I used it to look up my confirmation booking number and after that when we went through security i looked at my bag and it wasn't there i started freaking out but um everyone was like oh just pray to saint anthony just help you find your phone and lo and behold like, i looked everywhere like I, I went back to the counter i looked at i looked through security and i asked for loss of found but um i wasn't getting any answers and it was time for us to board so I was I was freaking out because I called my mom and then she was obviously mad, um, just saying things like I told you to I told you so I told you so and I totally get that like that was on me, but um, I waited to board at the last minute until one of the workers the one that checked me in she came to our gate and she found my phone and at that moment I was I was literally about to cry because it was crazy. <laughs> I never want to feel like that again. <laughs> that was, again, that was like totally on me. But God is so good. Like he will, he will pick you back up, and he's got your back, man. Even though I felt so helpless because I didn't know what to do, and it's so dumb. But the first thing I was thinking about is, what am I gonna listen to when I go back home? Are we not gonna have music? <laughs> That's completely the. That's not what you should be thinking about when you lose your phone, but I'm just saying that's where my head was. But anyways, 
long story short, praise God that he had my back at that moment, at that time of desperation, and shout out to St. Anthony as well. But yeah, it was a good feeling. I was excited, ready to go now, ready to take on the rest of my trip. And when we got there, it was about an hour 30 flight. As soon as we got there, we dropped our stuff off at our rental home and we went to the beach, of course, and this place was called Paradise Island. So we had to take a boat there. It was like a 20 minute um, boat ride. And then we had we had lunch, um, all of us. We had there was live music, and it was a really nice beach. No waves, so it was super relaxing, and a few fish, just a little. But overall, it was a really chill experience for the first day. And um, I can't remember if it was the next day or the day after that, but we went island hopping. So we went to three different places, and it was a pretty big boat. It held a lot of us. Um, our team and then Kuya Jonathan's friends um, who lived in Davao. And it was, it was a really fun experience, and it was nice feeling the breeze, feeling the salt water on your face. And at each stop, we were able to like hop off the boat, so we... So we were like taking videos and stuff, and um, let's just say I wish I knew how to backflip, but we'll get there. I'm just scared, low key, you know? But yeah, it was a super fun experience. There's a lot of snorkeling to do, so luckily I brought my goggles and took a lot of pictures with my GoPro. And I remember that our last stop that we took for the island hopping tour, um, we swam to the shore and there is this hiking trail that went all the way up this cliff so i i was like oh shoot i want to go up there i was the only one who went up there and um it was really hard because my slippers were wet from the water so i was like low-key scared like if i were to slip or something like that but no it was a really beautiful view and i was really high up i can't say the footage because I'm not good at that it was pretty high just trust me and it was cool because I could see the boat from afar there wasn't much up there it was just a couple coconut trees and again wish I knew how to climb trees but that's okay that's for another time but yeah that took the whole day and we were all pretty pooped after that so we called it a day and I believe the next day um it was mainly, we went shopping at the mall, had some food, and for dinner we went to the street market. So we had some really bomb food, a lot of barbecued stuff. You got your chicken, you got your fish, got your squid, got your, all this good stuff. And it was nice because for the people who haven't been there before, it was a lot of firsts for them. Um, so it was really cool to see them emerging into our culture and what we're all about especially when it comes to food and also the staple food or the staple fruit for Davao is durian I I probably murdered that (laughs) but um, basically it's like this spiky fruit and once you cut it 
it's very slimy content but it's actually pretty good and I've I know this fruit just because my grandma would always buy it and it has this very distinct people would say it's smelly but you get over it <clears throat> and so that was really cool it was a really cool night and we did some souvenir shopping along the way as well at the night market and it was a really chill night we ended off the night at Cleo Jonathan's friend's house and we played some card games and I don't know if you know this game but throughout our whole trip we were playing this game called Korean hand slap if you know what that is basically if you lose it hurts because when you lose the everyone else who is playing gets to slap your hand if you want to know how this works let me know it's pretty funny one sec oh yeah i got a little sicky sick while i was there but not too bad but yeah that was that was fun and then last thursday our mission team was invited to give a TOB session, Theology of the Body, and shout out to John and Diora, they killed it, as always. Um, <clears throat> but at the same time, it was really fun with the whole process because we, we made videos for, for the sessions and the talks, and it was really fun to do, and we did like voiceovers and all that. It was really nice to see all of us getting involved. Like even though we were just there for the conference, it was nice to be able to still um, serve in some way. And oh yeah, that was at that was Thursday night. But Thursday morning, we had the opportunity to paint houses for PWD um, applicants. So. What PWD is persons with disabilities. So people apply to live in these houses because they don't have a sense of income and really don't have any other place to live. So it was really humbling to be able to help them out in some way. And we painted two houses. So the brothers painted their house blue and then we painted our house pink. And overall, it was just a very awesome experience and I really do hope that coming back home I get to have more opportunities like that or to immerse myself more in community projects like that because it's really worthwhile in the end of it all and after that long day you would think that it would be over but no so after the TOB session we got to hang out with all the youth and we actually got to see some of them during the icon over the weekend and it was really cool like despite the fact that they're they live all the way over there they're actually pretty similar to us back here in the mainland or us whatever same thing oh gosh <laughs> sorry i'm really tired but um yeah they're not too different from our social lifestyle here in America so it was really cool to see there wasn't too big of a gap in terms of interacting with them but yeah after the TOB session we 
went back to our rental home and from there we had a guest speaker speak to us um, his name is Dr. Curry Yaban Laban Yaban some I don't know how to pronounce it I'm wondering it I'm sorry but um, basically if you're in the youth um, this is the guy who wrote the songs ablaze and I give my all and basically all those good songs that you know and love here in this community. So when I found that out, I was freaking out because I've seen his name before on all the chord sheets and stuff. So it was really, <laughs> I was low key geeking out because this is the guy that has composed some of the coolest songs here in this community and songs that have been used to make a special connection to God through worship. So. What he came to talk to us about was his new book called, or his book, The Fired Up Life. And it's basically a set of principles that we can use in our workspace and our spiritual lives to keep on rekindling the fire in our hearts for God and for our lives and for the lives of each other. So obviously I bought it. I bought that book and it's been really good so far reading it and I don't know I had so many questions in terms of how to keep on going with my social media outreach stuff like this podcast and my scripture seeker account and what I could do more and what I could do better to evangelize and he was a great resource to ask just because of his success and all of that so it was really nice to talk to someone who could relate and who has been successful in doing so so yeah that was a really that was a really sick night being able to talk to someone so knowledgeable about the faith and was so open to doing so so yeah that f- those from sunday to thursday it was really just us having the time of our lives and Overall, I must say that fellowship is just as important as service and building a connection with God because what better way to do it than with brothers and sisters that you love dearly and overall, again, super cool experience. And so the next day, Friday, so it was finally Icon and some of us had to book it there early because some of the brothers they signed up for basketball so they had to be there for the sports competition and for myself i signed up for rap icon and praise god because i actually got second place at the end of it all so it was very humbling and i think that i'm definitely gonna give it another shot um in ycon so um if you haven't heard this song, it's basically a song about my, it's called Release. It's about my life, especially as a first, as a college student. And that first year of college where I was alone and um, I really um, got out of control and how I realized that and how I sought out a way to get back to my spiritual roots and to really focus on what's important in life 
and it's just a huge wake-up call, and that's what that song is about. So yeah, it went really well, and after all of the competitions, there was an international missions welcome party. So what international missions is, is any members or participants who are not from the Philippines but traveled all the way to come to ICON. So there's a welcome party for all of us and um, the first international missions group we met at the party was Australia and let's just say that they're like really chill and I wanted all of them to keep talking because they had <laughs> they have the coolest accents and they were just teaching us stuff their everyday lingo and um, it was really cool and while we were waiting for the bus which took about like two hours wanted to do hours something like that um, to go back to the main venue um, we exchanged games so this they showed us this game called boom boom chucky chucky and it's kind of hard to explain <laughs> through a podcast but let's just say it was a really fun experience um, it was really cool actually and all of us just um, hit it off from there and then we of course showed them our Korean hand slap, hand slap game and let's just say Raymar one of our brothers um, we played with 18 people so if you imagine 18 really hard and painful slaps on your hand it was crazy because his hand was like bruised and everything so <laughs> we stopped playing after that we felt bad but yeah so the bus finally came and then I had my guitar so they were asking me like oh my gosh do you know Kilohe Kai and I was like oh yeah for sure and like I know his songs and all that so we were jamming out it was really cool and after that the rest was history we started when we got back it was rosary mass and then session one what which was identity Christ which is basically our call to sainthood and there was a really cool quote that I got of it. It was, um, the tomb is where the resurrection occurs. So basically, when God was in the tomb, um, the speaker reflect or the speaker talked about the darkness and how our conversion happens in the darkness. So we are ready to be put out into the light. I just thought that was so cool because I never thought about his res- resurrection that way. About how. Jesus was put in the darkness before he could reveal himself as the light of the world in his resurrection. I don't know. Mind-blowing. Super awesome. And then, of course, we ended the night with a praise fest. It was really fun. Um, Basically, all the worships were solely live loud. And overall, it was very nice. The live loud songs, personally... I think are better live than the recording um, just because that's is different when you're in front and worshiping our, your God with 7,000 other brothers and sisters it's different listening to just the recording so it was a really cool experience and so that night ended and then it came Saturday morning and our team, our USA team, was given the opportunity to serve the Saturday morning worship. It wasn't in front of everyone, just because based on your workshop that morning, you were split to two different venues. 
So we did worship at one of the venues and then another, their worship team in the Philippines did the other workshop. Or did the other worship, sorry. And this was led by our brother Raymar and it was a very good exhortation. So shout out to Raymar for that. And we played some of the classics. So we played All For You, Grateful, and then Reaching. So that was a really cool experience. And throughout the week, actually, we were blessed with the opportunity to actually practice in Queer Carlos's studio in his own home. Um, that was one of Queer Jonathan's friends. And let me just say, I have never been so amazed in my life. Just being in a studio and getting to jam out worship songs, it was it was the highlight of my trip. I'm not gonna lie to you. Because one day I hope I can have like a studio like that in my own home. So yeah, I was, I was geeking out, man. But yeah, so after the morning worship, was the workshops and there was like 12 i think 12 different workshops something like that 12 to 15 different workshops that you could choose from and at least for my lenten journey i've been doing the rosary so of course i picked the one about marian consecration it was entitled totally yours and this was given by Ate Vicky. So what she does for a living is she works for the Archbishop of Davao. So she's very involved in the church and very knowledgeable about our mother. And it was so cool because it just clicked to me because what she talked about was the book called 33 Days to Morning Glory. This was written by Father Gately. And um, I've read this book before and I was actually 22 days into it but then I realized maybe I should start over again so I can actually be consecrated on one of the Marian feast days so yeah it's basically what consecration is is entrusting Mary in every single thing you do and that's hard because putting trust in someone literally everything you do is is a lot to ask for but i think that this is what we need in our faith if we really want to grow and i was i was very blessed because i was the only english speaker there and i was the only international missions person in that session so they accommodated to my language and let's be honest it's it's crazy because although it's very although they know how to speak the language it's it's very hard for them and i i could see that and i know that and the fact that they took the challenge on and just for me to understand what they were trying to get at was it touched my heart a lot and i'm just super thankful for the mcs and the speaker and everyone else around me <clears throat> during our discussion groups that they accommodated me and made me feel welcome and had and to have this sense of belonging and that's why I think it was another highlight of my weekend just because I have a better understanding now of what Marian consecration is and what it entails for me when I read this book and just super blessed super thankful it was a really good time especially since i was the only one from my group 
because some of us had the same workshops but I don't know I just think it was really cool for me to just go out there on my own and experience something on my own throughout the weekend so praise God for that all right so after that we headed back to the venue and our second session was session two grit and grace so this was given by Autumn Bell and it was really cool to see someone that you know give a talk to that many people 7,000 people let me remind you because um as a full-time worker she was given the opportunity to give this talk because a lot of the service team for icon were full-time workers and i know i just thought it was really cool because uh, we first met her in trinidad last year when we served to conduct the conference there and i don't know it was just a really cool experience being able to listen to someone who you know and who's so knowledgeable in the faith and Basically, what Grit and Grace was, was about the seven graces and how all of these graces together should be tools for us to have a quote-unquote kindness overload for all the things that we do. So that was really awesome. So after that session, they finished up the dance competitions and we ended the night off with Praise Fest, which was very cool. And... I think it was very memorable for us because Friday and Saturday night we actually got to sit in the front row, so we got the full experience. So worship was really cool being so close, and <clears throat> I don't know, it was really cool so far. And um, we ended the night with an ice cream stop and another round of Korean hand slap. So shout out to Nathan for taking all the hits. <laughs> crazy man crazy but yes that's the end of saturday and lastly sunday of course similar to any retreat everyone's tired already so to be honest with you i don't really remember that much about session three but i do remember the worship after um they sang fearless which was jason's favorite song and if you guys don't know Jason, um, he was my best friend, and he was one, one of the sweetest guys, and he touched many hearts, especially um, some of my brothers and sisters that I have joined this in this community with, and we all know how special he was to us, to all of us, and I don't know, every time I hear that song, it, it really triggers me, and in a good way, of course, just a reminder that he is up there in heaven now and there's nothing more I could want for him but yeah that worship was really nice it was a great way to end off the the whole icon and um after that we went to mass because we missed it in the morning because they started it early and after mass we went to the international missions after party you believe that we had a welcoming party and then we had an after party the view was so sick it was like on a hillside so we had a we had a nice mounted side view of the city and the food was all i could ask for it was amazing it was really good and 
just that just the awesome filipino food that you don't get tired of right so yeah also during our lunch they had open mic so um my team was like oh maybe you should do your rap and so i did it and then raymar and i started singing some kolohikai songs upon request from australia so we sang dream girl dream girl and it was just a, such a chill time to be able to hang out with your brothers and sisters from around the world it's just a really cool experience and it was a great way to end icon and leave it off with a, a nice bang and after that we had dinner at kuya jonathan's friend's house and they provided dinner for us and of course it was bittersweet because um that night a lot of us left to go back home and at least during the meantime while we were at um their house we played this game called thumper it's basically a game that goes to the beat we will rock you and if you want to know how to play just let me know it's a really fun game and it gets pretty fast but yeah um after playing all that we all shared our own reflections about our experience for the past week and for icon just in general and all positive things and some of us were scared because our flight was at 9 20 and we didn't leave that house until 7 30 and mind you we still had to get our bags from our rental home but yeah everyone was pretty hectic in terms of getting everything together and heading to the airport as fast as we could luckily um our flight was delayed so it worked in our favor but um while we were waiting for our flight i pulled out the una cards and we played a very crazy round and i don't think i've ever played uno with a more crazier bunch and uno was a highlight of our trinidad trip as well just because um last year they pulled like a plus 28 or something like that on me and i was i was i was like bro what the heck so um this time around guess who got plus 30 your girl so luckily though i i ended up swapping hands so that was cool but yeah after after that flight and after we headed back to Manila. Um, most of us did, some of us stayed behind, um, since most of us had school. But yeah, after we landed in Manila, um, I said my goodbyes. I stayed at the airport just because my flight was in a few, or my check-in was in a few hours, so I, I figured might as well just stay there. But after that, I was on my own again, and I was ready to take on the world again and honestly being back home it I still feel kind of weird just because I wish of course we all wish that um, it lasted longer and wish we could have stayed another week with our coordinators and our brothers but I think now overall I've just been so blessed because I know that I am 
one of the lucky few who are given this opportunity to travel across the world just to see God in a new light and um, that's all I could ever ask for is to see God in the different ways he's revealed in the billions, trillion different ways that he's revealed whether that's through God moments or the new people that you meet or retreats or icons or worship wherever he's he takes on so many different forms and I think that's why we're just so blessed to have a God like him being seen everywhere and, and in everything and that's why this whole trip I've just been super humbled and super reflective on the fact that wow I actually got to go just even though I'm sad it was only a week or so but of course I am super excited to see my brothers and sisters again at YCON and to finally to be um able to introduce my own brothers and sisters here in Hawaii to my to my home chapter be really cool for all of us and I'm definitely gonna hold this trip forever in my heart and it'll definitely be one for the books and now it's time for me to take on the world like I said and to implement what I learned for this past week into my own life now that we're back to reality so yes brothers and sisters this was just a mere snapshot of all the awesome things i've experienced for the past week or so but yeah thank you for listening this far and if you have any more questions on what i experienced or what it was all about let me know because i would gladly be able to talk about this once in a lifetime experience so this is may here on catholic curiosities signing off